attacks of the Blood God. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Axe of the Blood God, US Gamer's official RPG podcast. I'm your host, Kat Bailey. With me today, as always, my lovely co-host, Nadia Oxford. Hello. And I am sounding really over the top and super energetic, maybe because I just had a giant <laughs> cup of coffee. I don't know. You stole all my energy, I'll tell you that much. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, here, I, I'm sending some of my energy to you. It's like that little thing on Reddit. It's like, take my energy, <laughs> Nadia. Take my energy. My brother used to do that all the time during the... Uh, he used to do the whole Blue Jays take my energy thing when the Blue Jays were in the playoff. It didn't work very well. Well, I mean, they won a couple World Series, so... They did, and that was a long time ago. This unexpected sports talk brought to you by the <laughs> Blood God. Sports of the Blood God. Don't get me blood started on hockey, because I am all in on hockey right now. Oh, are you? Oh, God, yes. Minnesota Wild! Oh, you'd Top right of the Western here. Conference! Beasts Woo. of the West! Nice. Best of the West. That's how it goes. Uh, so yeah, we got a lot to talk about that are non-hockey related topics, probably. <laughs> um, one of them is we're going to talk a little bit about the Nintendo Switch and Zelda. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, let me look at my notes. Oh, here we go. Where the heck is the Final Fantasy VII remake? Oh my yeah. God. Ah! Uh, Bioware's new IP, <laughs> Elder Scrolls Online, gets a Morrowind expansion. Uh, a Horizon Zero Dawn conversation because I played it, I wrote about it, uh, things happened, and also uh, Chrono Trigger Persona 3 Portable, The Verdict, and finally, uh, and as always, a Persona report. Of course. Of course. But before we get to our Persona 3 report, or Persona 4 report, uh, Nadia, I mm. finally got to try the Switch um, earlier this week. Hooray, now you're one of us. One of us. One, one of, of us. us. So, okay, can I share some thoughts? You can. I'll allow it. Okay, first thought. I, it was smaller than I was expecting. Oh, you, were, you didn't realize it was so uh, wee? Um, I, I guess, like, I knew that it was going to be small, but I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting it to be that small, mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing. Like, no, no. It's course. small without feeling too small, so it feels like a portable thing. Like, it yes. feels a little bit like an iPad mini in the horizontal mode, the landscape mm-hmm. mode. Um, and I like the screen. Yeah, the screen's very clear. Uh, I was happy to see that because the uh, Wii U screen uh, can be kind of a little bit muddy. Yeah, uh, the screen is good. And the, well, yeah, the Wii U screen is both muddy and looks tiny. Yes. Oh, man, the Wii U gamepad looks like a really crappy prototype of the Switch. <laughs> and that's effectively what it was. Not Nothing against the Wii U. It has some great games. Uh, I have some things against the Wii U. Sorry. <gasps> Yep, uh, I'm 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 sorry. Like I'm I'm uh, sinning against the blood god or like being a heretic or whatever. <laughs> but I, I'm willing to say that the Wii U was in in hindsight a massive disappointment. It, it it definitely took a few pretty wrong turns, but I also think it drove Nintendo to innovate in, in a lot of interesting ways, like with Splatoon, for example. Yeah, no, sure. Uh, Nintendo is nothing if not an innovator, mm-hmm. but. Their hardware has not been on point recently. No, I can agree with that. And, like, I got an article, it should be up by the time this is, uh, this podcast goes up, and I was basically like, the the Switch the switch atones for basically a decade of bad Nintendo controllers. Yeah. <laughs> it has been a long decade, hasn't it? Yeah, like, I mean, you go back to the Wii. Like, the Wii remote, in many respects, was a stroke of genius, but yeah. it was just not great for traditional games, and... The the Wii like controller and nunchuck setup not great. I did not like no. it. No, I wasn't a big fan of it myself, and I really hated the uh, the Wii U uh, Pro controller. No, oh, the Wii U Pro controller was garbage. It it, oh. it belonged in the trash. It was awful. I mean, it was flimsy. Uh, the D pad was awful. The mm-hmm. analog sticks didn't feel quite right. It exactly. Just, it felt like you had no control whatsoever. And so basically, I ended up using the Wii U gamepad all the time. Me too. And I didn't like it either. <laughs> but, but it, was... it felt really bulky and uncomfortable and too yeah. wide. Yeah. It, it, oftentimes, when a game came out on multiple platforms, um, I would almost never download the Wii U one because I didn't like the controllers the options that much. I would default back to my old Wii, Wii remotes. <laughs> yeah, that too. Which still use batteries mm-hmm. oh good yeah. times mine yeah, my, good times we, we, because i didn't have a battery charger 
yeah, we replace ours with battery chargers. Mm. But uh, su- suffice it to say, not a great decade for controllers. Uh, the Wii, the Wii Classic controller, not good. Mm-hmm. Classic controller Pro, uh, uh, it was better, I guess, but not as good as competition. Yeah. So and, uh, uh, the Wii, but the Switch, the Switch Pro controller, great. Did yeah, it feels it? nice. I did. I tried it with Street Fighter, and I really liked it. It's dense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's thinner than the Xbox One or the PS4 controller, mm-hmm. and it has a good D-pad, mm-hmm. good analog sticks. Uh, the button face, the button mapping is fine. Yes, uh, it's like they basically mushed together a PS4 and an Xbox One controller. Yeah, and that's all right because nothing wrong with either the Xbox One or the uh, PS4 controller, as far as I'm concerned. No, absolutely not. Um, the only drawback is that it's seventy bucks. Yeah, woohoo! But to be fair, uh, unlike the the Wii. Um, the default controller that you kind of assemble is pretty good. I, I don't have a problem with that, other than no D-pad. That's what I heard, but I think that it's going to be a problem when people want to, say, play Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah, but of course, people who are really dedicated to Smash Brothers are probably going to use their GameCube controllers anyway. Assuming that the GameCube controllers will be compatible with the Switch. I think they will in some way. Um, so yeah, I, I tried out the, uh, the, the tablet thingy. Mm-hmm. Um... I loved how when you sw- dropped it into the dock, uh, like it just immediately went up to the TV. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like it was really seamless and yes. really cool. Yes. I was like, all right, that's neat. Um, I liked uh, I-, I liked the Joy-Cons um, when they were attached to the to the tablet. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it, it felt good like playing the game uh, that yeah. way. Uh, like it felt totally natural. It felt way better than playing on a Wii U gamepad. Yeah, definitely. Like, I was like, okay, yeah, I can totally see myself curling up on a couch and playing uh, Zelda or whatever, yeah, uh, just with a tablet. And uh, when I pulled the Joy-Cons out, like, I took the little kickstand out and took the Joy-Cons out and was kind of playing it that way. Mm-hmm. felt a little too much like the the nunchuck setup. Yeah. And I always hated the nunchuck setup, so yeah. I was like, eh, <laughs> not ideal, but if I put it into the grip, that'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, all told, pretty good. I like the Switch. Yeah. Um, I know you were disappointed with the debut on the 13th of January, but uh, it's a, when I actually got my hands on the system and played around with it, I can really feel this potential. And I think it's really good that Nintendo took out a Super Bowl ad uh, for, to advertise it. The actual system is legit. Yes. The games that are coming out for it in the first year are legit. Yes. Mostly. Uh, the the one two switch and the the punch out game or the boxing game, eh? Yeah. Um. Like I said, if those were pack ins, it'd be perfect. I wouldn't have a problem. But we haven't seen much about those games beyond what I've played in the demo, and they, they were fun. Don't get me wrong, especially Arms. But uh, I full price. I I don't know. I still don't know. Um. I think. Okay. I don't know if this is me not remembering very well. Um. So I played Zelda Breath of the Wild at E3 last year. Mm-hmm. Like I played the Wii U demo. And so the demo that they were showing on the Switch was about the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looked prettier. Yeah. It definitely looks sharper. Yeah, I noticed that too. So, uh, okay, so that's not just like my memory like playing tricks on me. Like it does legitimately look sharper and better on the Switch. Yeah, but um, I'm not sure if, uh, see, where, at the event that I was at, they had one person showing you the the new footage of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and then you could actually still play the E3 demo with uh, Switch controllers. And to me, at least, it seemed the, the playable stuff was the old footage, just with the stri- Switch controllers, whereas the new stuff seemed, I don't know, it seemed a little bit richer, but maybe that's my imagination. I don't know for sure. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I guess we'll find out, won't we? <coughs> we will soon enough. Nintendo will be sending out uh, Switch versions of Zelda, and it sounds like they really want to downplay the Wii U version, which is not surprising. Not surprising at all. Not surprising at all. Um, speaking of Zelda, uh, the I got to try the Switch after a uh, Zelda escape room. Nice. Yeah, I got to try that, and got to do it. Sadly, we did not complete the escape room. Aw, oh, you died. Uh, yeah, we died. Ganon took over the world. <laughs> well, he did that once before, and Link fixed it, so he'll clean up after your mess. Uh, we, 
So I'm not going to get into the puzzles or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they force you to travel together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like, it's dangerous to go alone. Travel together. <laughs> so like our group, like I got five friends to come with me um, to help me out. Uh-huh. Uh, we're having to spend a lot of time in line. <laughs> getting <laughs> Stay- to need, getting to where we needed to go, which was a problem in light of the fact that like, you know, we had to wait, which yeah. was taking up a ton of time. And then some of the puzzles were like, I will say that it was pretty faithful to Zelda. Like, they uh-huh. found a way to incorporate a lot of Zelda things into this escape room. I was actually pretty impressed. I'm just thinking, it's dangerous to go alone, wait in line. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking, like, bomb it, bomb it, bomb it, bomb it. That's my solution to every puzzle in Zelda. It's usually the right one, too. Yeah, it usually is, especially in the original Zelda. Bomb every bomb every wall, burn every bush. Push every block. Push every block. Uh, I was kind of like, oh, I hope I get to push a block. I don't know. <laughs> they had uh, uh, Kokiri and Gorons and uh, Zoras. <laughs> like, they had people, like, play acting. And there was this girl nice. who was play acting as the Kokiri. She was so good. Nice. Like she did the movements and everything perfectly. She and she was tiny. She must have been like four <laughs> foot five. Wow, I loved it. It was really great, and it actually plays out as like kind of an arc. That's really cool. Um, it's coming. It's coming to Canada sometime soon. The experience. So I'm looking forward to that. Definitely. Yeah, you totally got to do it. Um, I've noticed one thing, and maybe this isn't an. Maybe this isn't an original observation, but mm-hmm. boy, Ocarina of Time sure has become the default Zelda, hasn't it? It really has. I, mean, I noticed that a long time ago. Uh, I mean, to me, my first really big Zelda awakening was uh, Zelda 2, and then uh, years later, A Link to the Past. But I guess I'm old, so <laughs> uh, I can see a lot of people, like, it, it's kind of like the Final Fantasy VII of Nintendo. That's where a lot of people came in on the series. Yeah, a lot of 20-somethings got their start on Ocarina of Time because they had N64s when they were kids. Exactly. And by the time Ocarina of Time came out, I was I was 18. I was old enough to skip school to go buy it and play it. Yeah, I was in high school as well. And mm-hmm. I remember when it came out. And like the first day that it came out, I went over to my friend's house and was watching him play through the Forest Temple mm-hmm. and thinking, oh, this doesn't look that good. <laughs> oh, man, I love the Forest Temple. It's one of my and favorite drove- Zelda temples. And the music drove me crazy at the time. I know, isn't it great? No, the music was <laughs> the music's great now. It's classic now, but I was like, this is way worse than the Super Nintendo music. Yeah. Uh, well, like I was like, where's the Zelda Overworld theme? Where oh. is the Zelda Overworld theme? Oh, you were one of those. Yeah, I was definitely one of those at the time. Now I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's an amazing, like, it's an incredible soundtrack, and I really like it. Just like Star Fox 64. I hated the Star Fox 64 soundtrack back in the day. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan myself, but uh, I have to admit, the original Star uh, Star Fox Zelda... Sorry. (laughs) Star Zelda. The original original, uh, Star Fox soundtrack, it was incredible. And we never really got one quite like that again. No, we didn't. Um... It was really phenomenal in the SNES, and the N64 one actually sounded like a downgrade, but nowadays exactly. I really like it. I think it's... Yeah, I appreciate it. It's about it on is. par. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, my own Zelda Awakening was with Link's Awakening, mm-hmm. interestingly enough. Uh, that was well. my first Zelda, and then I, I played Link to the Past um, later, mm-hmm. and uh, I never... I didn't beat Zelda until last year. Oh, really? Like yeah, the original? Yeah, the original Zelda. I'll be honest, I never beat it at all. I had a friend over who's like, who knows that game really well, mm-hmm. and I think he's actually managed to beat the game without the. He he did the no sword run. Oh wow, one one of those. I, I yeah. watched a couple of those on uh, Games Done Quick, and they're pretty awesome. So we played it together, <laughs> and I was basically like, yeah, just kind of like give me hints, and like we'll kind of switch off whenever one of us dies. Yeah, yeah. And um, holy crap, with... those final dungeons are so hard. That's the thing. That's I get frustrated because I get sick of the uh, the dark nuts. Mm. Like yeah, the dark nuts are kind them. of a pain in the ass. Yeah, exactly. So I get frustrated and I just give up after a while. But he was showing me all the little tricks like <clears throat> how to um how to get like a large number of hearts relatively early on yeah. and how to upgrade your sword relatively early on so that you can deal with stuff like the dark nuts and uh, it was it was an education. I did not realize how deep 
that game really went. It really is. Like, uh, even though I haven't finished it, I've watched my husband go through it several times. And yeah, because he, he knows every trick and every, like, inch of the game. So it's interesting to watch, but I'd rather not play it again if I have to. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, but one game that we are playing again, or playing for the first time, I suppose, is Persona 4 Golden. Persona! <laughs> All right. Nadia, give me your full update. Well, I, I rescued Rize. Congratulations. You Thank have you. a uh you have an operator. An operator? In Gundam. Oh. <laughs> uh there's always somebody who's kind of usually a lady mm-hmm. who's wearing the headset and mm-hmm. is like giving the Gundam pilot um uh encouragement and being like, uh, fight really hard and don't be so sad. <laughs> like oh. stop with the moping or whatever. So it's like uh, Mega Man X, basically. With yeah, Alia. technically, they're supposed to be relaying the orders from the captain to the to the pilots. Um, I get it. So that's what Rise is. Okay, so is she like she's still resting. So is she not playable? Uh, she does not join the party in the traditional sense. Like she, okay. she is kind of. Um, I think she helps out with figuring out the weaknesses of enemies. Mm-hmm. She's like kind of giving you advice on the dungeon and stuff like that. So, so. does she does she replace Teddy? Because Teddy kind of went berserk. Uh, so okay, what happened with Teddy? Okay, so I rescued Rise, and uh, first of all, that was interesting—a uh, a strip club. I haven't been to one of those <laughs> since I was nineteen. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you didn't say, well, I haven't been to one of those since I was 14. (laughs) (laughs) No, that would be a problem. See, legal drinking age in Ontario is 19 years old. And uh, back then, there was a male strip club, and uh, we went to it. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the second Hulk movie, but uh, there's a scene where they're fighting on this big strip in uh, in Toronto, even though it's supposed to be New York. Ha ha ha. And the Hulk runs past this, this place called Zanzibar, which is a massive strip club, and that's where I went, basically. So, yeah. That visit- was really obscure. <laughs> there you go. Trivia from the Blood I God. I like that you referenced the second Hulk movie. Well, the first one was a... The didn't one with have Ed a Norton? Strip was it Ed Norton as Hulk? Yeah. Believe it or not, I've actually seen that one. So have I. I actually liked it better than um, a lot of people did. Uh, it was... The CG in it is kind of screwy, but... Um... Well, it's better than the, the first one that came out in, like, 2003. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyway I went to a strip club in the game and I rescued her um, and uh, after a while like she was doing this, this move where, or her persona was doing a move where uh, she was scanning you and you couldn't hit her so I was like oh geez what do I do now I almost looked up a game FAQs but then you know I realized oh it's a scripted event um, Teddy saved me but then Teddy I guess he had a shadow apparently Mm-hmm. Uh, with creepy ass eyes, and uh, I had to fight that. I had to go through that battle, which makes sense because the uh, the battle with Rise's shadow was was pretty um, tame by comparison. Uh, Teddy could kick your ass quite easily, as it turns out. Yes, Teddy's Teddy's shadow, I think, might be one of the first real tests of the game. It really is. Uh, in fact, that whole dungeon I noticed kind of had a bit of an uptick in in difficulty. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely kicks it up a notch, doesn't it? It does. Like, I've noticed a lot. Of, you have to really pay attention to which personas are weak to what. Like, there's a lot that reject your physical attacks. And in fact, they'll throw them back at you. And yep. that hurts. You also will encounter a lot more enemies who are, like, legitimately dangerous. Yes. Like, have you encountered the lions yet? Yeah, I encountered the lions. Uh, I haven't really had one that gave me a hard time yet. But mm-hmm. um, I'm sure they have the potential to kill me. In Persona Q... There's a similar thing where, like, by the second dungeon, there's a monster that will just completely F you up. <laughs> like, uh, he, like, just take, he soaks up an insane amount of damage and then, like, hits, like, two or three times. Ugh. Yes. Such yes. a pain in the... And uh, one thing they're doing a lot more now is exploiting uh, weaknesses, number one. Uh, mm-hmm. And number two, um, basically, they're just guarding against entire attacks, like, nullifying physical attacks nullifying you know fire attacks so yeah you really have to be aware of their elemental weaknesses mm-hmm. sometimes they uh sometimes their elemental weaknesses are not always apparent <laughs> yeah and they also uh love status effects now yes like dizzy I, I yes teddy kept knocking me down that was frustrating 
Okay, so remind me of the actual Teddy battle. Like what? Like how did it like play out? Um, basically, uh, Teddy was saying how if you search for the truth, uh, you're you're not going to find anything. Blah blah blah, etc. Anime villain. Uh, like I said, his eyes were really freaky. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but he um, he just had all these uh, attacks. Like he basically was hiding in a hole, and he he could charge up these massive attacks and, and launch them at you. Uh, and not that they did so much damage, but they can knock down your entire your entire party at once. And so, if you can't even use a a curative spell to get everyone back on their feet, you just gotta wait it out, you know. Yep. So yeah, I uh, seem to recall that you had to like block. You had to like kind of know when they were coming and block. Yeah, and, and that was a bit of an ordeal because uh, I forgot that I had most of my guys on auto battle. Oh, really? That's how you're putting a lot of your guys on auto battle. Yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, maybe not a good idea. It's not um, serving me so well. Yeah, that was actually one of the things that I liked about Persona 4 versus Persona 3 was that um, up until Persona 3 Portable, you couldn't control your characters. Oh, really? So it's uh, so it kind of is traditionally a, a, an, an auto-battle game then? Yeah, everybody's on auto-battle except your main character. <laughs> hmm, that's interesting. And they gave you more control in Persona 3 Portable. And then mm-hmm. they changed that in Persona 4. Right. And it was yep. a relief because there was nothing worse than like screwing up how like the the order of battle went and just going and just like face palming like when some when your character did exactly the opposite of what you <laughs> needed them to do. <laughs> yes. Kind of drove me crazy to be perfectly honest, but oh, uh, what was pers- what was Teddy weak to? Oh shoot. Um I can't remember to be honest with you. Uh, I kept like clobbering him with uh with physical attacks mostly and that seemed to be doing the job. He's I think he was pretty weak to fire. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah, and then like Teddy, like the actual evil shadow monster, like pretty like big, like it's huge. Yeah, like, kind of freaky actually. That surprised me. Like, okay, Teddy's this little guy, and then his his shadow is this big, horrible-looking thing, and then when you get on the battlefield with it, it's even bigger. Yep. So, what do yeah, you think that... of Teddy as a character? Uh, I have a little more respect for him now. <laughs> <laughs> Because he can probably eat me, but um, I, I think he's kind of cute. He's kind of funny, but uh, I think uh, I've heard that a lot of people consider him annoying, and I guess I see why. Hmm. Interesting. Um, okay, so what has Teddy done so far? Uh, not a lot. Um, he he was kind of my cheerleader. Yeah. Like he, he'd uh, uh, tell you weaknesses, sort of. Like you, you kind of had to look them up, but uh, he he. He sort of narrates the battles as they go on, and of course, yep. he's the one who guides you to like certain dungeons. So there's no Teddy equivalent in Persona Three. Mm-hmm. So, um, if I recall, the head of the student council is more of the narrator for you when you're in uh, um, Tartarus, which mm-hmm. is the the dungeons that you're going through in that game, right? And Later on, you get an operator who's kind of like uh, Rise, mm-hmm. who uh, kind of becomes the narrator. And I actually like her a bit better than Rise. So mm-hmm. uh, when I was playing Persona Q, I made her my operator rather than Rise. Sorry, Rise, you're all right too. <laughs> I like you. But uh, so Teddy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Teddy is a bit jarring the first time you see him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's all empty inside. Because he's like a, you know, like a bear thing, right? And you're like, yeah, what the heck is going on? I'm like in this world and there's like a bear thing. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm That's inside per- a TV and I'm wearing glasses. Like That's everybody persona. has to wear glasses and there's a bear. Yeah. <laughs> a stuffed bear with like a kind of a clown suit on. And everything's so yellow. What the heck is going on? Why does everybody like this game so much? It is a little jarring. It oh, is. All right. And he has kind of a... Maybe a little bit of a grating voice at the start. A little bit, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's any better in Japanese. Probably not. Probably not. If anything, my experience is that Japanese voices tend to be even more annoying. A little more high pitched. <laughs> when they're like trying to do like a uh, like a particular creature. Do you remember like Meowth? Um, did you ever hear Meowth from the original Pokemon? Yeah, show very in Japanese. Yeah, very nasally, screechy sort of voice. Yes, exactly. Like. The first time I heard that voice, like, I just cracked up laughing because I couldn't believe, <laughs> I couldn't believe, like, I was like, what? That's the voice? Jeez. Uh, I'm still not used to uh, Goku's Japanese voice. I just can't get used to it. <laughs> exactly. It's the same thing. 
Uh, but then I hear the English voices and a lot of dubs and go, nope, nope, yeah. no, absolutely not. No, this is stupid. <laughs> Especially in Gundam shows. Gundam dubs are almost universally horrible. All of them? Like, even now? Uh, they've gotten better. Uh, if I recall correctly, Seed and Double O were okay. Well, but... I know I know that wing is hilarious to laugh at now because I, I you probably saw on my Facebook, I put that picture or that video of, was it Hero ripping up that invitation? Yes. It's just so dramatic. Yes, <laughs> I love it. I will kill you. <laughs> and she's like, I must get to know that man. And uh, people are like, what's the context for this? There is no context. I just remember then the original Gundam, uh, Amuro going, is that an enemy mobile suit? <laughs> and then it like clips to the enemy and they're like, Gundam, I've been waiting for you. And I'm like, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, Teddy... I actually got to like Teddy a lot more as the game progressed. I'm actually like I never disliked him, but like I, I I'm liking him as the game goes on. Uh, he has some kind of funny, cute jokes. There, well, I mean, I think you saw the tip of the iceberg a little bit when Teddy's shadow emerged. Uh, you started to see the pathos of the character a bit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, that he's an empty suit. Mm-hmm. Indeed, and he is. You could say maybe there are hidden deaths to Teddy. Is he? And. Uh... A lot of the game's funniest scenes in the latter half of the game definitely come from Teddy. Does does he ever become like a, a playable character? Uh, spoiler. Uh, yeah, I guess. Well, no, I just, I just noticed spoiler. he had a persona, so I, I, I wasn't sure. I'm not going to let you know. I actually don't remember. Oh, okay. Well, but I'll find out. Yes, you will, won't you? I will. All right, Reese is resting. Anything else uh, to report? Uh, what's his name? Um... The, the father character. I'm forgetting his name mm. right now. Uh, the detective. Detective. Well, he was drunk. <laughs> yeah, he's sad. <laughs> he's, having, he? he's having troubles because I think he's having uh, regrets over his dead wife, but I haven't been able to really wrench it out of him yet. It's also been kind of tough because of these like mysterious, um, almost like attempted murders. Yeah. Um, he, apparently there's a, a new detective in town that's supposed to help them out and he's not happy about it. Mm, I haven't absolutely. met them yet, though. Okay, so I I got a question. Okay. Do you have anybody that you consider a prime suspect yet? Um yes, but it was my own stupid fault for for looking at like Get out. You spoiled yourself. It, it I was totally it, it was so dumb. Here's what I did. Have you ever do you know the the Persona 4 comics by Gigi Didi? I'm aware of them, yeah. Well, I kind of glanced at one, and I think I might have seen something about a culprit, but I just stopped there. So I'm, okay. I'm not sure. Can you say who it is? Uh, gas station attendant, maybe? Gas station attendant, eh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. No, like, the the reveal of all of that is, like, actually one of the better moments in the game. So, like, hang in there. I, I'm looking forward to uh, what you think. Um. Another question that I was going to ask. Uh, what personas are you using? Uh, I'm using... Um, I just fused... Uh, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to pronounce this properly, but Jidon. Jidon, the tiger, fire tiger thing. Okay. Um, he's really handy. Uh, I also... Ju- uh, what's his name? Power is one another one that I fused that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was using... Uh, I think Hua Po for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's all I can remember off the top of my head. I don't, I'm kind of worried that I'm going too fast with the fusing and, like, you know, just throwing away good personas. But I don't think I am. Pro tip, make sure to register all of your personas. What does that do exactly? It makes it so that you can instantly recall them. Oh, okay. So I've been registering them until now, so it's not a Yeah, not a like you deal. register them, and then you confuse them, and then mm-hmm. you can call them back and have them back in your party if you want. Oh, that's good. So, yeah, I've been doing that. Yeah, it costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have, especially as they get to be higher and higher levels. Yes. Um. So you gotta definitely build up your like your stock of money. But yeah, yeah, I've um, noticed that uh, things are kind of expensive in this game. Yeah, it can be. Um, but you get a ton of treasure and stuff. Um, yeah. when you're going through a particular like levels, because enemies drop things. I think yeah. that you can sell. Yeah, I've I've been doing a lot of that. Plus, selling is what prompts the uh, armor guy to make new stuff. Are you a tutor yet? Um. I think my the job that I'm doing now is a, a English translator. I guess I should be a tutor. Oh, okay, English translator. Interesting. 
Yeah. And uh, what was it? Anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it for now. Um, I've been mm. kind of just, uh, I'll tell you what, fusing personas uh, it takes up a lot of time. <laughs> Are you still dating Marie or whatever her name is? Yeah, but she's kind of like, uh, she's like uh, saying, or the game's telling me that I need something to spark the relationship because she's kind of, looks like she's depressed or something, and I'm not sure what I have to do for that. But mm, I'm kind of getting, I'm kind of starting to favor Yukiko, so I don't know. Oh, oh, you're going to be a cheater. You're going to be a Casanova, Casanova Nadia. I haven't started dating Marie yet. We're only at level five or, or something, four maybe. Yeah. Well, don't, I think you have to get all the way to like level 10 before they start dating you. Yeah, yeah. She ha- we haven't like officially started dating. She started, she's been writing sappy poetry about me. Uh, I think I broke Chie's heart and I still Aww. haven't forgiven myself. Oh, that's so sad. Who I did still you date? toss and turn. Uh, um, oh, is it, is it a spoiler? spoiler? Okay, so I'll hold off on that one for now. I'll tell you later. Okay. But um, I I don't necessarily regret my choice, but mm-hmm. I do like really, really, really regret breaking Chie's heart because I almost like, like the scene that followed like was so freaking heart wrenching that Aww. I was like, I, what have I done? What have I done? Aww. And on that note, that's our latest Persona 4 Golden Report. <laughs> cat is evil. Evil uh, cat. No, I'm just a heartbreaker. You are. Totally. Okay, Nadia. Um, we got a lot to cover. Um, so uh, let's talk about some RPG news, shall we? Yes, let's. All right, first topic. Uh, you wrote a little bit about this. Um, so the pers- oh, sorry, the Final Fantasy anniversary event, the mm-hmm. 30th anniversary event, was this week, this past week. Mm-hmm. And you uh, and one of the things that they released was a new piece of key art. Woo! <laughs> from Final <laughs> Fantasy VII remake of Cloud standing in front of the Midgar like Shinra headquarters. Yeah, he was standing and there, all right. Everybody went. Not even a trailer. Nope. Not even anything. No yeah. Final Fantasy Crystal Collection, where like we get one through nine on the PlayStation Four. Yeah, that Nothing. was disappointing. Um, yeah, it's legitimately disappointing. But yeah, seriously, no FF Seven, uh, no e- word on FF Seven remake. And you wrote about this, Nadia. Where the heck is it? I don't know. I, I wrote about it, and uh, Chris Kohler actually retweeted it and said that Square Enix is going to really have to have the talk with uh, Nomura. Mm-hmm. Sit him down and uh, have a conversation about this sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not privy to the internal workings of Square Enix. Neither But am I. I don't think it's normal that Final Fantasy 15. Well, first, Final Fantasy um, originally... Uh, whatever it was called final fantasy 13 something something uh, i don't think it's normal that that game was in development hell forever yeah and then got turned into final fantasy 15 and was still in development hell and mm. then finally got rescued by tabata and finally released yeah uh, i don't think that's normal no i don't and- think it's normal that kingdom hearts 3 has been like seemingly in development hell for like five more than five years now yep yep i and, like, the same old crap is happening with Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, and the thing that worries me about that is it's supposed to be an episodic game. So how yeah. how long are we going to be waiting for the every chapter of, of this dumb game to come out? <laughs> it's not going to be done until, like, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm not going to see it. I'm not going to see it finished. It's just going to be, like, in 2030. Yeah, for the PlayStation 10. Yeah. <laughs> We're finally releasing it there. In the final like chapter. Everybody's like, what? 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 Leaning into the what trailer. What is this game for this 30-year-old This thirty year old game or whatever? Just like leaning into the trailer saying, speak up, what? Cloud? <laughs> what? What's a cloud? Right, what would you say? Right. <laughs> I, no, it's, it's silly. Like, it's supposed to be episodic. And not only that, but like, it's being outsourced. Like, so much of it is being outsourced. Yeah. That you're just like wondering what the heck is going on. And it's like, okay, I can't really fault Square for doing, like, a a really thorough job on this, but no one was really asking for the game to be rebuilt from the ground up like that. Like, we just kind of wanted a nicer-looking Final Fantasy VII, you know what I mean? With uh, some nice uh, extras, maybe. Yeah, I I think so, but they... 
but they're like, oh, I don't blame them for wanting to do a, you know, kind of a comprehensive remake because I know the the game. Uh, if you're gonna do it, do it right. True, it is a very iconic game, and it does it, look great until like up to this point. Like God, that trailer. I still look at the second trailer, and you know, Wedge has the stupidest voice, but it's perfect for him. Like, uh, mm-hmm. it's just like I'm. I'm just frustrated because I want to play it now. And I, it's, I think everybody does. But if and, we don't hear anything at E3, uh, definitely not this year. Yeah, uh, there's there's been like a lot of whispers and rumors that we're not going to see anything like for a release date this year. We're looking at 2018 at the earliest. But come on, it's the it's this is the year. This is the year yeah. to put out the first episode. It's a freaking 20th anniversary. How can you miss that date? It's been two years. That's why I was so disappointed that we didn't get like anything for the Final Fantasy 7 on its anniversary for the celebration or the 30th anniversary of Final Fantasy in general. And God, when you think about it, it, it are you saying it was only 10 years between Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy 7? Uh, yep. Jeez. They used to, I mean, okay, let's be fair. Uh, the development cycles used to be a lot shorter. Yeah, okay, that's fair, but still. I mean, some games, like it, it, it some games just, like, if it took more than a year, that was a really long time for a game to be made. Uh, where, true. like, Fallout 4 took literally, like, eight years before yeah. it finally was released. Like, they were working on that thing for years and years and years. So development cycles are a lot longer now. Yeah, it's just but weird to think of sometimes. Still, like, I don't know. It just, it, if it's an episodic game, mm-hmm. then maybe there's a little, no excuse for it not coming out in 2017. Yeah, because it's like you think to yourself, okay, the whole point of an episodic game is that you have something to play now and then a little something later down the line and down the line. I don't object to it being episodic. I object to it being episodic and still taking forever. Yeah, meanwhile, Kingdom Hearts HD (laughs) 2.8, final chapter prologue, uh, is basically one extended teaser trailer for Kingdom Hearts 3. So I've heard. I mean, it's called, what was it, like, prologue of the conclusion or something like that? Final chapter prologue. Chapter prologue for Christ's sake. Hello, Square. And it has Dream Drop Distance, which is kind of setting the stage for Kingdom Hearts uh, 3. Mm-hmm. It has a new piece of, like, a, a new bit of gameplay that uh, kind of bridges into Kingdom Hearts 3 and introduces, uh, shows you the, like, the cast from that game. Yeah. It shows uh, one of the characters from Birth by Sleep fighting alongside Mickey and meeting the cast of three. And you have uh, a CG movie that is meant to show some of the tech from Kingdom Hearts 3. The funniest thing is uh, if you Google Kingdom Hearts and you get the suggestions, you just get like all this complete nonsense, like Kingdom Hearts 1, Kingdom Hearts 2, Kingdom Hearts 2.5, Kingdom Hearts 2.58, like it just goes on. Well, the good news is that if you buy Kingdom Hearts, uh, you're, you can now get pretty much all of Kingdom Hearts on the PS4. Which is good. Yeah, no, like if you're a Kingdom Hearts buff... Uh, it's awesome that you can play it all on one console. I wish I could do that with Final Fantasy VII. I mean, you can kind of, but it's not optimal. Yeah, exactly. It is even suboptimal. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I suppose that's that's the rant on that. Like, I mean, I don't know how many times you can rant about where the heck Final Fantasy VII <laughs> HD remake is, but that's man, kind of they're the really thing. missing an opportunity, aren't they? Yeah. Um. I mean, what what can you say? It'll arrive when it arrives. But uh, I'm still a little cheesed. Take as soon as I, as soon as I heard that Nomura was in charge, I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> we're not. And they're like, no, 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 he's there. just a figurehead, and I'm like, uh huh. Oh, Nomura. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on in terms of the news, um, other piece of news: Bioware is working on a new IP. Yay! Yeah, it's a online, like an online sort of game. No. <laughs> Sorry. It's going to be like Destiny. No. No. I was excited. I don't like it. Destiny. I never played it. And I, I can't say I've ever had a huge uh, desire to. Isn't Jazz our Destiny guy? Jazz is, in fact, our Destiny guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I've never Here's why I don't like Destiny, Nadia. Because <laughs> Jazz plays it? It's a shallow shooter with mm. shallow RPG elements that is just a grind fest. Right. It exists to be played brainlessly with your friends uh while you chat and do brainless things i don't care that there are like uh, the 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 raids are not a measure of skill Mm -hmm. it's a measure of how much are you willing to grind are you willing to grind a whole heck of a lot 
to get the best loot? Okay. And you might say, well, well, cat, that's how it is with most RPGs. But I don't like grinding. I think grinding is actually kind of archaic. And a lot of the best RPGs find a way to get around it. So and Destiny like- put it into its entire design. Like, that's what it's predicated on, is grind, 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 grind. I don't like that. So you and don't like Dragon Quest, then? I mean, the original Dragon Quest is an old game. True, true. Uh, the the newer Dragon Quests don't require that much grinding. No, definitely not. Dragon Quest came out in the friggin' 1980s, for God's <laughs> sake. It's 2017. That's true. I, I don't mean to be, like, overly ranty, but I, I see, like, developers, like, major publishers going, huh, this Destiny thing, people like it. We should make more of them. So you're and the fact that for... Bioware is making one? Yeah. Oh you're... my god, no. No, 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 no. I was like, give it a benefit of the doubt, cat. Maybe it'll be good. Maybe maybe it'll be way better than Destiny. Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe Destiny point. 2 will be way better than Destiny 1. But I just the fact that they're working on this as their new IP, just like... It feels like something that was mandated from on high by EA. Mm-hmm. And they were like... All right, well, uh, this is going to be a, a nice little engine for monetization. Work, yeah, basically. Uh, and that's how it goes. And people will buy it because it's Bioware. And and there will be people who just want to hang out with their friends and play their games and like not think too hard about it. And I'm not going to begrudge that. But No, it's kind of like uh, making a phone call and having a doodle pad beside you. Yeah, pretty much. And so I'm... I'm not going to begrudge people enjoying that type of game, but if this is where games are going, I, I, this is really dismaying because I, it's shallow. It's not good. It's not that interesting. It's just repetitive actions uh, disguised as an RPG. Don't worry, Cat. Persona 5 is coming soon. Just because, just because it has different colored loot does not make it a, a deep <laughs> RPG, okay? Uh, just like these freaking games have hijacked like these elements and then acted like they were pretending to be deep and i'm sick of it i I really am like just because you have different color loot doesn't make you a deep game it'll be okay you'll see (sighs) yeah like i said i should really give it the benefit of the doubt and i will yeah you may just like i will give destiny 2 the benefit of the doubt i just like, I just roll my eyes so freaking hard at Destiny. <laughs> God, and people are like going, oh, it's such a good game. Have you played the Destiny? And I'm like, no, I'm not played <laughs> the Destiny. Like, I have, in fact, played the Destiny. I sat and I poured like 50 billion bullets into a really boring boss and then killed like a wave of enemies and then poured 50 billion more bullets in the same boring boss. And I'm like, how do people find this enjoyable? Well, actually, uh, you and I have to get around to playing Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, we do, don't we? Yeah, and I was going to tell you, uh, I'm on the Ultra <laughs> server, uh, yes. so make your character and get on the Ultra server and have uh, just, just kind of be prepared because you might have to wait to, to get onto it. Mm-hmm. I actually had to get on, like, ask the clock in the morning to, to get onto the server because uh, they weren't taking new players at, uh, immediately. What? Okay. By the way, Nadia, you just reminded our listeners that we're supposed to be playing Final Fantasy XIV, and now they're going to be like, where the heck? Why? Wait, really? They've been right, asking me they anyway, to be so there you Final go. Fantasy XIV. Ah. <laughs> okay, but we'll do that. Yes, promise. Yes, uh, I'm kind of going to Europe next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to start playing, so you we can that. get we can get caught up. I'm going to play too. Okay. I might even play tonight. There you go. Uh, I've been distracted by things like winning the Super Bowl in Madden, but yeah, you, you know how it goes. Did you win? Yeah, I totally did. Had a perfect Yay. season. Nicely done. Oh, thank you. Uh, especially because it was a PvP league. Okay, anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, random headline. Elder Scrolls Online introduces Morrowind. Indeed. Lots of people like Morrowind. Yeah, um, that's a good addition. And I've heard that, like, even though Elder Scrolls Online hasn't been, like, totally redeemed the way that Final Fantasy fourteen has, uh, it is getting a lot better. Yep. Uh, I mean... There are people who seem to like it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't care about it in the least, but uh, the, it's cool that they're introducing Morrowind. That's nice. Yeah, I have a friend who's big into uh, Elder Scrolls Online, and she'd love me to play, but uh, I, I'm, there's no way I'm going to have time for Final Fantasy fourteen and ESO. I'm being such a hater uh, today. Like Most of them are <laughs> RPGs. 
don't do it for me. I, I'm hoping Final Fantasy fourteen gets me back. I, I hear it should. All right, Nadia. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, you uh, you played some of it, didn't you? I did. I played about four hours of it. Wow, that's quite a bit. Yeah, so, so here's what I'm going to say. So I did a big article about kind of examining the RPG elements of Horizon Zero Dawn. You can go find it on the main site. And um, main takeaway is that it's not that deep. Mm-hmm. That said, I think, so what separates it from, say, the Far Cries of the world mm-hmm. is, A, it's third person. Right. It makes a difference. Yeah, actually. it does. It would. It makes a difference in terms of how you present the character. Mm-hmm. It makes a difference in terms of the action. Mm-hmm. And it makes a ter- difference in terms of the focus of the game. Right. Um, in that respect, Horizon is a lot more narratively driven than, say, Far Cry. Yeah, it would be. And in that respect, I'm, I find its level of focus good because the world, it makes the world feel dense and I never felt like I was wanting for something to do. That's good. That's very good. Because I'm a little bit worried that uh, just after the No Man's Sky fiasco and how it was really nice at first glance, then you kind of get around to it and realize you're doing the same thing over and over again in, the, in different planets. It's it's not like mm-hmm. that, right? Oh, it's absolutely nothing like um, No Man's Sky. That's good. Which was procedurally generated and mm. did not have like hardly any handcrafted material and was just repetitive as all get out right uh horizon zero dawn begins with actually a fairly intense tutorial Mm -hmm. uh you're you start out as a little girl and you're an outcast and you are kind of like being trained to like you're being trained by this uh like i guess he's a father or father figure Mm -hmm. um to become kind of a warrior and you there's a whole dungeon to start where you're like a little girl uh, which is actually pretty good where you yeah, get this cute. little like hollow hollow thing uh-huh and then you and that allows you to scan monsters and be able to or see scan robots and find out like where their path is like where they're gonna go um like lets you scan their weaknesses and that kind of thing and i was like oh that's kind of neat mm-hmm. and so that adds a little bit of depth there because it's like the the monster the robots have um elemental weaknesses and then they also have different parts of their body that, that is vulnerable right so that automatically makes them much more interesting to fight and then as for the actual rpg mechanics um you have a skill tree oh neat so you have um you can upgrade your resource gathering abilities you can upgrade your actual attacks uh that kind of thing mm-hmm. and i mean there is some thought that needs to be put into how you approach it i i wish the combat were a bit more nuanced like if you could go with more of a stealth related thing or if you could go for more ranged attacks or if we could go for more melee attacks um, right it seems to kind of railroad you into one f- attack style but in any case like the skill tree's there and you have to put some thought into how you're going to invest to improve certain attacks right like do you want to do more stealth or do you want to do more ranged for example mm-hmm. perfect yeah so and then of course there's loot to, lots of loot to be found um, both outfits and weapons mm-hmm. enemies have tons of drops good yep so and then the drops um have can in turn be sold to buy more items like mm-hmm. uh the rarer items require certain drops which can be kind of hard to find so like you have to kill it like so you end up kind of just fighting monsters and hoping that they'll give you a rare drop right kind of kind of par for the course for a lot of more recent western rpgs yeah pretty much but it sounds like it's uh, it sounds like it's fulfilling to play like it's not exactly you know it's not going to challenge you mentally but it, it sounds like it's comforting in a way it is comforting um they do a reasonably good job of designing the encounters mm-hmm. so for the a couple of the major encounters that i had were I had to clear out a bandit camp. Mm-hmm. And so I, if you just walk into the bandit camp and try to start busting heads, they're, they're going to kill you. <laughs> they're just going to wreck your face. So I had to set up a lot of traps and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
and lure them in, which thankfully wasn't that hard. Like I would just like I would whistle, they would walk over and they would get blown up or <laughs> um, I would reach out with my stealth attack and stab them. Um, and then once they started attacking in groups, uh, they would be walking to my traps while I shot them with my arrows. Mm-hmm. Arrows actually aren't that strong. Uh, like it'll take a minimum of like two to three arrows to usually take out an enemy. Right. And you have to usually target weak spots and robots. And then yeah. another uh, another encounter that I did like had me on top of a canyon. Mm-hmm. And I was looking down on the canyon and there are lots of enemies kind of wandering around and explosive barrels. Nice. Uh, but if you just shoot the explosive barrels with an, with a, um, with an arrow, like nothing happens. So what you got to do is you got to shoot it with um, fire arrows. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, and that will start blowing up and taking out enemies and everything. They, you do have to craft all of your ammo. Mm-hmm. Like ammo doesn't just drop. You have to actually craft it. And there is an element of having to expand your like ammo stocks, which right. I'm okay with because that's another like aspect that you have to focus on. Like that's another thing to invest in, mm-hmm. in terms of the skill tree, and the uh, yeah. So so the actual combat is fairly decent. Uh, not you know super deep, but tactical in its own way. Right. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that, definitely. Um, and there's also conversation trees, but very limited conversation trees. Like, they they really want it seem to be at pains to be, like, to try and put in enough RPG-like substance to yeah. kind of be superficially deep. Yeah. But not so much that people start to get overwhelmed by all the <laughs> scary RPG. Oh, my God. So scary. Numbers. Help. Help. I'm drowning. I'm drowning. Never mind the fact that... A lot of the most popular RPGs are actually quite deep. So are, are the conversations like "hello" and "f you"? Um, more or less. Like, there's <laughs> one where like somebody throws a rock at you, and you can be like, uh, "Throw the rock at their head." Throw a rock at their head. Throw a rock and knock the rock out of their hand, or just you know take it and be like more of a pacifist. Mm-hmm. And the way that you act will like kind of determine like who can come with you, uh, like who will help you out at the end of the game. Right. And also, if you go far enough in skill tree or conversation trees, you can start unlocking quests. Oh, that's cool. So they're like side quests and stuff. Yeah. So there's a lot of gathering to do. Like there's so much gathering, which Mm -hmm. you can use to craft. You can add mods to your weapons. Uh, There's not a huge emphasis on stats. Like your character does not have inherent stats. Her her weapons have inherent stats. Mm -hmm. Uh, And most of it is like... Uh, you can add like a basic damage mod or a basic accuracy mod. You can add elemental mods like lightning, ice, fire, uh, and certain enemies have elemental weaknesses. So not super deep, but here's here's why I like it ultimately. Um, first of all, the world is beautiful and mm-hmm. interesting to kind of explore. There's a lot to find. Um, there are these tall necks that you can climb like Shadow of the Colossus that will reveal lots of uh, robot herds. Sweet. I like the narrative focus, and I think the story is okay, and the world's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think the combat is just tactical and deep enough that to keep me interested. Right. I like that I can ride around on a robot. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. And the robots are the star of the show. Yeah, awesome. Like they're 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 interesting to fight. Like they all have different personalities. They all have different strengths and weaknesses. Um. You can't just shoot them until they're dead. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to, like, think kind of hard about how you're going to take them out. You have to, like, scan them. They have, like, multiple, like, phases. Like, they have the preparation phase where, like, you're buying items and you're kind of scanning them and, like, figuring out their weaknesses. There's the actual attack phase and then there's the retreat phase if you need to retreat back into the grass right. um, and hide. Like, the robots way elevate this game. This mm-hmm. game would not be nearly as interesting without them. Sweet. Yeah, looking forward to this one. Uh, kind of reminds me of what I wanted No Man's Sky to be in the first place. Um, I mean, it's nothing like No Man's Sky, though, you know? Yeah, I know, but the thing that I was that disappointed to me about No Man's Sky is just the the animals wandering around weren't interesting at all. And I kind of wanted to interact with them. It comes out at a bad time, personally, for me. 
Yeah, you're going away, right? Not only am I going away, but uh, Zelda on the Switch comes out like right now. Yeah. Then. See, that's my A plus number one game. So I was like asking, I was like, hey, are you worried that like you're gonna get drowned? You're gonna get drowned out a bit by the Zelda and Switch hype? And they're yeah. like, nah, because we think we're a totally different game for a totally different audience. And I'm like, yeah, I guess it. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be fine. I mean, especially yeah. since you're like a PlayStation Four exclusive. But I exactly. can see like the conversation around this happening for like a week, and mm. then everybody totally forgetting about it. That'd be kind of sad. I mean, it, it might deserve better. It might be better than that, but. I mean, it 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 seems like a solid like four out of five kind of game for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just my like impression. Like, I think, like I said, the one thing that really elevates it are the robot dinosaurs. Yeah, see, that's what, that's what I really want to look forward to here. They're really rad. Like, I think the robot dinosaurs are the single best thing about it because I mean, I like everything dinosaurs, else. I like they, they keep it from feeling too artificial. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> throw it on the pile, Nadia. Throw it on the pile. No, I'm definitely planning to get it. Like. Well, when I can, really. Okay. So, Nadia, last thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week I said, huh, I wonder, what should I what should I bring with me on my trip? Persona 3 Portable or Chrono Trigger? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, in my heart, I kind of want to play Chrono, uh, Persona 3 Portable more. So but, is that what you're going with? But, uh, I actually had a lot of readers responding and being like, hey, like, giving me, like, what they want, uh, the various things that they want me to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I had people coming in on both sides of the fa- uh, both sides of it. Uh, for example, um, DeBrickle <laughs> said, "I'm writing in response to your question about Chrono Trigger. It's one of my favorite games of all time. I don't think I've gone more than a couple of years without playing it since I played it 16 years ago. Also, I know you said you've quit ar- around going to 2300 AD and getting Robo, which, in my opinion, is the slowest part of the game." If you get through that section, I think you'll find it more enjoyable. Also, getting Rickrolled when you get Robo is pretty <laughs> awesome. I never heard... I, I, I don't really, like, identify the two in my head very closely. Like, I don't know. Like, I understand the joke, but I don't know. I, they don't sound so similar to me. I mean, Japanese music and games is often very close to something, you know, in the Western world. But uh, I just never heard it as much with Robo's theme and the uh, never going to give you up. <laughs> Uh, Johnny Boy 407 says I'll vote Persona 3 Portable since I'm playing Persona 3 on my PS2 for the first time right now. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel the same way about Chrono Trigger. I played it twice but not at release. I see what it makes in an amazing game but it never resonated with me. Can't really describe why. And Rider Kicker was like maybe Kat and Nadia should play along in Persona 3 Portable like race each other to the top of Tartarus. <laughs> That's okay. I've got my hands full with Persona 4 and by the time that I'm done with that I bet 5 will be ready to go. Um, and Sentisorol said, Persona 3 Portable is my favorite game of all time. It'd be a really great companion to the P4 report. I've just started again and would really like to play along with you. Have you ever played with the alternative character? Uh, yes, I did, actually. Uh, I played all the way until, like, September with the alternative character. So I've actually gotten pretty deep into Persona 3 in the past. Mm-hmm. I just never got around to actually finishing it. And I loaded it up not too long ago. And like checked where I was and I found that I was actually kind of not super far into the game. Like I think it was at the end of May, mm-hmm. but far enough that it wasn't like the beginning. <laughs> I didn't really want to start over again because there's like much like Persona 4, there's a good solid hour where like you're not doing a ton. It does it start like in April the way that uh, Persona 4 does? Yeah, it starts it starts with like the first day of school. Okay, yeah, because I I'm heading into July in 4, so Yeah. So, yeah, I played pretty far in Persona 3, but... So, yeah, the, the general consensus seems to be uh, the people who want me to play Persona 3 want me to do kind of a companion to Persona 4 Golden Report. Mm-hmm. And the people who want me to play Chrono Trigger are like, uh, play it. It's only like 20 hours. You can get it done by the time you get back from Europe and then talk about it. Right. And, by the way, it's a classic and it's amazing and that soundtrack is incredible and I should totally, like, just... Just get it over with, Cat. It's, it's a actually, classic. You got to play Chrono Trigger. They're actually right in that um, it really is kind of a slow start. Uh, things really do pick up after you get Robo and you... Uh, did you ever get magic from uh, the uh, guy at the end of time? I don't remember. 
Because you have to do this this thing where you walk around the room three times to get magic, and something about that little bit like always drives me off the wall because it doesn't register properly half the time, and the guy tells mm-hmm. you you're cheating, and you're not cheating, and it's just like, can I move on, please? But after you're done with that, the game really picks up. All right. Um, so here's my verdict, Nadia. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Okay. Chrono Trigger. Hey! Yep. I really want to play P3 Portable again, especially mm-hmm. because it's timely. Yeah. But I think I can knock out Chrono Trigger while I'm on my trip. And, yeah. And uh, I... It's a classic. Mm-hmm. And I really just want to bring my 3DS um, more than my Vita. Because <laughs> if good. I bring my Vita, like, uh, P3 Portable, the only thing I play. Yeah, exactly. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing because... If I'm like just sitting there focused on P3 Portable, that's cool. Like, mm-hmm. and P- Persona is like a super, super good, interesting game, and like it can like be super, like can get me super hooked. And so I could totally see like myself just enjoying it on a long flight. Right. But Chrono, but in addition to Chrono Trigger, I also want to play um, uh, the DLC for. Uh, oh, the the Steam World uh, Steam World Heist. Oh, you haven't finished that yet. Uh, I did. I did the. I finished the main quest. Right. Right. But not the DLC. Yeah, the DLC is great. So that'll that'll be good. Um, I don't think it, there's too much there either, so it won't take up all your time. I also have Pokemon stuff to do. Of course, there's always Pokemon. And stuff to do. I got like 50 billion uh, virtual console games on my mm-hmm. on my 3ds that I can just randomly break into. Uh, like I I I still randomly play the NES Remix. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, for the 3DS. It's really good. Yeah, it is. You've played the NES Remix, right? Yeah, I have. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's really it's a lot of fun. It's really phenomenal because it's taught me how to play a lot of games that I didn't really know how to play, like Excite Bike. Oh, you never played Excite Bike? Nope. <clears> and I wasn't super familiar with like some of the puzzle games mm-hmm. uh, around, like Dr. Mario. Yeah, I, mean, I, I never played Dr. Mario very much. I, had to, I hadn't played Dr. Mario in years, so mm-hmm. like learning how, remembering how to play that game mm-hmm. um, was satisfying. Uh, yeah, and then of course doing the Donkey Kong challenges, like NES Remix is phenomenal. Yeah, it's a, it's a really fun game. I wish Nintendo would release more of the same. Yep. Okay, so Chrono Trigger it is. Um, I will talk about it when I get back. Yay! But uh, yep, uh, Axel Blood God, US Gamer Podcast. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are sold. iHeartRadio. Um, follow us on all of the social media channels at US Gamer Net. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, tell us what you think. Please. Give us a review. Give us a positive review. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Um, tell your friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. Uh, this podcast continues to grow. Thanks to everybody who continues to uh, tweet at me. It's always uh, I always really appreciate hearing you from you. Thank you. Um, at the underscore catbot and Nadia's at Nadia Oxford. And you should check out her blog, Tiny Girl, Tiny Games. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to have guest John Learned on the show to talk about Neo, the new Soulsborne-like game uh, that he is reviewing for us. And uh, there will be plenty more to talk about as usual. Mm-hmm. Even though I will be traveling, um, I do aim to continue to get the podcast up while I'm abroad because I mean I'm always abroad but you know when I'm (laughs) a country when I'm out of the country uh I will be doing a podcast early next week and making sure that it will be up by Friday ready to go and then the following week um I will actually be in the nerve center of the games of the gamer network Mm -hmm. the headquarters with the Eurogamer people our sister site and uh, I may try to drag them all into a podcast studio and do a podcast with me. Oh, that'd be fun. Yes. Yeah, so you would get like a surplus of British accents. <laughs> yes. Because that's exactly what we need on this podcast, British accents. Because I, I just think that they, when you hear somebody speak about something with authority in a British accent, you're just going, yeah, no, uh, totally with you. Like, yep, I totally got you. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about some British RPGs or something. I'm sure there's plenty. There's there <laughs> a guy Lord British. <laughs> ZX Spectrum forever. ZX Spectrum. You're even using the Z. Or did they say Z in Canada? They say Z in Canada or you will get destroyed in school if you say Z. Ha. 
ZX Spectrum. Well, you'd get along with them. Probably with the Canadians motherland, like, Nadia. Canadians are like bastard children of Americans and British people. Indeed. So, as always, thanks for listening. Uh, the Blood God is pleased. And, of course, if you have any comments, you want to have an email right on the show, you want to talk about something RPG-related, uh, I may read it on the show. Drop me a line at cat.bailey at usgamer.net or on Twitter. You know where to find me. Uh, or just comment on the show notes. Whatever you want to do. Send me send me a, send me me a DM. Sometimes I get DMs from people. And I'm, whenever I see that little one next to <laughs> my like envelope, I'm like... Oh, somebody like uh totally emailed me and like told me um uh and and sent a thing and it's always fun to hear from you. So, do that. All right. Um for Nadia and myself, thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week. Until then, happy adventuring.